Hi, I'm Deb McBride, and welcome to my astrology program. This is a new experiment for me, as this is my second podcast, my second entry, and today is April 25th, 2018, and there's one other entry on April 18th, so welcome. And tonight we're going to talk about the current astrology, and it's been quite a week. So let's just dive right in and start the, start the show. Um, it's been quite a week. We have had a number of changes over the last week, which I spoke about last time, and we have a good amount of changes this week as well, but mostly intense aspects. So we start the week on Sunday, the 22nd. Pluto went retrograde and it was in the morning. It was 1130 in the morning in Eastern time. And when Pluto goes retrograde, I like to think that he is descending into his underworld and Pluto is the Lord of the underworld. So what happens is Pluto will retrograde for about six months out of the year. He's retrograde from last Sunday until the end of September. And He's always retrograde for about six months. That means half the population has Pluto retrograde. Now, that's good information because, you, you know, with Mercury retrograde, it's only once in a while, several times a year. But with Pluto, it's actually half the year and half of us have a retrograde Pluto. So he descends into his underworld, and that's where he spends his time in these six months. And he's really introspective. So this is a time for us to be introspective because when you have a planet that goes retrograde, it's time to do inner work. So even when Mercury goes retrograde, it's a time to kind of retrace your steps, go within, meditate, think about what's happened, etc. This is one of those times when it's our cue to do our inner homework. So during this time, we must dive into our own subconscious subconscious to find our darkest corners and ask ourselves the deepest questions because Pluto descends into darkness. It is the Lord of the underworld. It's the Lord of transformation. So what we want to achieve during this time is a transformation. We want to go within, acknowledge our darkness, and then bring it out into the light so that it no longer has power over us. Now, what I mean by that is once you look at something that is hidden in your darkest recesses of your mind, then it doesn't really have power over you anymore. It doesn't stay in the dark. It now has had the flashlight or the big spotlight put on it, and you can no longer hide it from daylight. It's essentially now out in the open. The darkness comes out and we can choose what to do with that. And usually we use it to empower ourselves because it's no longer operating without our conscious control. And this is really important because Pluto really rules that darkness, that dark corner. And it is so important during this time to kind of take that inward journey. So this can be a highly productive time if we allow it to be. And whether we realize it or not, 
we are doing this inner work regularly every day during this retrograde period. So that doesn't mean that you have to set aside time because six months every day, you're not going to set aside time to go into the underworld. You're going to encounter it in your everyday life. So this happens through dreams, through our connection and conversations with others, through meditation, and obviously through our encounters with ourself in our most private moments spent alone. So when you do the emotional healing work or you do the meditation or you do the therapeutic work, you are going to start to uncover stuff and it's easier to do that work now especially if you have a retrograde Pluto. That means you're probably prone to do these things anyway. And a retrograde Pluto in your natal chart would be an indicator that this is a busier time for you and a more productive time for you than typically. So it's productive for everybody. It can be productive for everybody. And it's if we allow it to be, like I said. Um, Every year when Pluto spends these months in retrograde, it really is easier for us to go within and get to our own mysterious underworld. If you have a retrograde Pluto in your natal chart, it does resonate with you more strongly. And you might be more involved with Plutonian matters anyway. Like you might be a therapist. You might write mystery stories. You might be a forensic person. Those are all Plutonian occupations. Um, but you're looking to connect with something deeper, always. Now, if we use this time wisely and we ask the deepest part of ourselves to reveal itself, we won't be disappointed. And come the end of September, we'll emerge and be able to move forward transformed. Now, Pluto has been very active this week, not only just going retrograde, but it's meeting up with Mars and it's doing that in the wee hours of tomorrow morning. And if you're on Eastern time, that's early 6.54 a.m., What's happening is Mars is in Capricorn and it's been in Capricorn for a little while now. And when we last saw Mars, he was wedged between Saturn and Pluto. And that was not fun. And what's going to happen now, because Saturn and Pluto are close together, relatively close together in Capricorn. They're both living in Capricorn right now. Mars got wedged in between. He met up with Saturn. He had a conversation and then he decided his strategy and moved away from Saturn towards Pluto, but he was still stuck between the two of them. He really didn't have free reign of movement. So when he meets with Pluto tomorrow morning, this is going to be a freeing up of a lot of energy. We've been experiencing some frustration, even though Mars likes to be in Capricorn, we have been experiencing some frustration with this because Mars kind of got uh, besieged as we say in astrology. And so he had to sort of plot and plan his maneuvers to get free of this captivity, so to speak. So Mars being the assertive guy that he is meets up with Pluto, who's now apparently traveling backwards from our apparent place on the earth, our apparent vantage point on the earth. Um, Mars comes over, greets Pluto. They have a conversation that could be volatile because their energies could be volatile together. 
Mars is, wants to assert itself. Pluto wants to transform. Pluto will transform at any price. When the two of them come together, they are not necessarily a lot of fun, but they can be very revealing and they can be very productive. These planets do relate to one another. As Mars is the co-ruler and traditional ruler of Scorpio, and Pluto is the modern ruler of Scorpio. So we consider Pluto to be sort of an octave, a higher octave of Mars, more intense, more powerful, darker, not so much about self-assertion. Uh, Pluto's a little more, mm, I want to say, not underhanded, but he's more in the shadows of his movements, whereas Mars is direct and out in the open. So as Pluto turned retrograde and it started at apparent backwards motion, it's going backwards as Mars is coming forwards and the two of them will meet tomorrow morning. Mars will finally be free of its captivity and it's a leap forward. So this expression, this desire to express, this passion, this connectivity, this is where it's going to leap out of this bracket that it's been in between these two planets and move forward. And we're going to feel a lot of relief after this. There could be some volatile moments. So the advice is keep your head. Somebody might try your patience. Mars is not terribly patient, although he's a little better in Capricorn than he would be, say, in his own sign of Aries. But he is not terribly patient. When he mixes with Pluto, he wants to exert some sort of assertion and expression in a way that is going to be profound and noticeable and possibly demanding. So all of us still need to navigate our moment movements very carefully. Um, because remember all these weeks here, as soon as we asserted ourselves, we were confronted with either Saturn, which was impeding progress or Pluto, which was daunting and calling for us to step up and transform the situation. Pluto and Mars together expects us to own our power and not give it away to others. So before when I spoke of Pluto giving us that darkness and we have to go in and shine the light in it and then it doesn't have power over us anymore. That's what this is about. Pluto is about owning power. It's the times we feel powerless but need to step up and take control and become powerful. We have to own our power. We have to not let anyone push us around, and tomorrow is not a day to allow anyone to push you around. So it is proceed with caution. That is the, that's the moment that we want to you know, have is definitely proceed with caution. But um, you know, the best thing to do under these circumstances is just sort of watch what happens and allow yourself to be guided into whatever transformational journey you're willing to take right now. Um, immerse yourself in something profound. Don't spend too much time in the shallow waters. It won't be satisfying. We're supposed to be moving forward to some new plan in our lives. Um, you can surrender to your new path and just be in the flow of the universe, or you can resist and bang your head against the wall the universe will bang it for you because this could be a real head banging kind of aspect and we have dogs in the background in the neighborhood here in costa rica 
always, so there you go. The dogs are howling. It's Mars and Pluto. The animals are feeling it. And I do notice here, because there's a lot of animals in Costa Rica, that they definitely feel the energies and they act up. <laughs> so here we have evidence of acting up because of Mars Pluto. They sound a little ferocious right now. <laughs> um, so moving forward, we're supposed to be moving forward to some new plan in your life. Um, it's not necessarily something new, like it's something you've been working on. So don't expect that, you know, something's going to come out of nowhere. This isn't Uranus. This is Pluto. <laughs> this is something that's been brewing for quite a while. Or you've been planning for quite a while or that you had to assert yourself through for quite a while. So in the meantime, today, Mercury has been in this on again, off again square with Saturn. And today was the last of the three squares. So it started the conversation. Mercury is the planet of communication. He started a conversation with Saturn back early March. And there was some conversation or information that you received or you started to work with or a story you started. And you needed to work through this story while Mercury was retrograde through the month of April in these last weeks. So what we're looking at, the second aspect of Mercury squaring Saturn was the first week of April. So we had the first week of March, then we had the first week of April when Mercury went backwards and greeted Saturn. And now today we had the last one. So the energy has been really heavy because not only are we dealing with this Mars-Pluto energy, but we're dealing with Saturn and Mercury and Saturn impedes and Saturn restricts and Mercury is like, okay, I've got to navigate my way through this because Mercury's in Aries and he doesn't want to say nice things. He wants to be pushy. He wants to be forceful. He wants to curse. And Saturn's saying, you can't do that. I'm in control here <laughs> because Saturn's in his own sign. So the two of them together made us stop and think and think before we speak and think before we write and think before you send that email. So that's what this has been about. But it's also helping us ponder the greater picture in our life because so much has happened in these last few weeks, so much, that we really are entering each of us, we're being asked to enter something new and take a leap forward. And we may say that a lot as astrologers, but this is a really important time um, because Saturn and Pluto are going to really start coming together uh, over these next time period. And, you know, when Saturn and Pluto come together and they finally conjunct on January 12th of 2020, there's going to be some real power plays and we're going to have some real work to do over this next two years leading up to that process. Um, so more on that as we go forward. But what conversation have you been having? What thoughts have you been having? What meditations? What, what has emerged for you creatively or intellectually over these last several weeks? Because really, this Mercury Saturn is finishing up today. And I have to say, this is exhausting energy between Mars, Pluto, and you know, Pluto being stopped in the sky for these last few days since Sunday and Mercury Saturn, this is really an exhausting time and people kind of don't know which way to turn. Um, but thankfully Venus is now in Gemini and we have words again because Venus is not, um, 
Venus is not going to just sort of sit back and watch everything. Venus is now going to start saying things. Venus is in an air sign and she'll be there for a few weeks. But the wonderful thing about this is we finally have some air in the sky. So now we've been sort of quiet with this Mercury Saturn and Mercury wants to communicate and Mercury rules Gemini. So Venus right now is ruled by this Mercury that's been squaring Saturn and Venus really is going to be the communicator. So where love, beauty, art, communication, that's where it is. That's where the communication is, is where love, beauty, art meet and where you find being kind to people and being social you know, this is a good time for that because it's going to help express all that energy that's been dying to be expressed in these last weeks with Mercury and Saturn. So what that means is Venus is living in Mercury's house and Venus is going to do the talking. And Gemini has lots of opinions. So there may be some information that doesn't seem agree, agreeable with what you already knew or what you already talked about, but it's possible that you are um, getting conflicting opinions or you just have to sort through this information during this time. But it's a good thing because Venus is love and we can communicate with our loved ones and we can find a way to express what we need to express now because weeks and months of no air in the sky, meaning no planets are in air signs means that it's hard to find words for things and it's hard to be expressive, but this is a better time for that now. So use your words wisely and kindly. And we have a full moon this coming Sunday. So Sunday, the 29th of April, I can't believe April's almost over. The moon is at nine degrees of Scorpio, which means the sun is at nine degrees of Taurus. So we're in the first decanate of Taurus. And with the moon in Scorpio, it's a mysterious time. It's a good time for, you know, any sort of, again, inner work, mysterious things being solved, uh, inner questions. We like a Scorpio moon once in a while to get our passions flowing. But this is, um, this is an interesting time because it's squaring the nodes. So we're looking at our path. We're looking at our direction. We're looking at where we're going the rest of the year. And so a full moon on Sunday. And that's going to occur at 8.58 p.m. in the Eastern time zone. So use that full moon to sort of reconnect with your passion and get grounded too, because you know, the sun is in Taurus and this is a really good, you know, time to just sort of sit back with this energy that we've been experiencing the last two weeks with things changing sign and, and things changing direction. Saturn changed direction last week. Chiron changed sign last week. You know, Mercury had changed directions you know, on the 15th, this is all sort of, you know, making our head spin. So a nice Taurus sun will help us sort of stay grounded and do something lovely for ourselves. Um, but what's really at the bottom of all of this is there's, there's an outer planet about to change signs. And May is going to be a wild month because we have a lot of changes right in the middle of the month. And one of those is that Uranus is going to change signs. And this is really important because uh, it's an outer planet. 
and Uranus is the planet of chaos and genius and brilliance and um, discoveries and inventions and innovations, but it is also an unpredictable force. And we really don't know how long um, something will last with Uranus. You know, we don't know what to expect with Uranus. You know, my teacher used to say that you can write down a thousand things that could possibly happen under a Uranus transit and not one of them will be right. And the one you didn't think of is the one that will happen. So that's the nature of Uranus, but it's exciting energy and it can be fun energy and it's the aha moment energy. So Uranus is at the very, very end of Aries. And right now it's at 28 degrees, 51 minutes, which means it's only got another degree and a bit to go before it finishes. And it goes into Taurus on May 15th. Now, why is this important? First of all, it takes Uranus 84 years to go around the Zodiac. So this only happens once in a lifetime. So with Uranus going into Taurus, this is the first time since it entered Taurus 84 years ago and spends seven to eight years there. Seven to eight years in a sign is a long time, but it gets the job done there. And we've had Uranus in Aries since 2010, 2011, when it kind of bounced in and out of Pisces and went back into Aries. So Aries is the sign of independence, the warrior, the, the person who needs to take action and initiate. Taurus is not like that. Aries is a fire sign. Taurus is an earth sign. This is going to be very interesting because Taurus rules money and finances. And it's also nature and the earth. And Uranus going into Taurus is going to be a whole different vibe. So one of the things I learned many years ago is that when an outer planet changes sign, it's the end of a big cycle, right? So we've been experiencing this for seven, eight years. And Uranus is going to spend time in Taurus and then it's going to go retrograde later in the summer and then it's going to go dip back into Aries and by next spring it'll be back in Taurus again for good. So the outer planets do this. They give us a taster and then they step back and then they go in and they're like, are you ready? Okay, here we go. So this taster we're going to get, when it starts, it, we're, we're beginning to finish up something from the last seven, eight years. And this is really important because when an outer planet changes signs, it is like a Teutonic shift. And unconsciously, because outer planets are ruling the collective unconscious and they tell the story of the collective over the time period they spend in a sign, unconsciously, we are having a fit. <laughs> We're having a fit of anxiety on a certain level and Uranus is an anxiety producing planet. And this is just adding to the exhaustion and the heaviness of everything right now because something's closing. A door is closing. Everything is sort of stepping away from these last years and moving forward. And we're really being asked to move forward right now because Uranus is leaving when it's getting ready to like pass through this, you know, um, phase of transitioning out of one energy and into another, we all kind of unconsciously don't know why we're behaving strangely. Other people are behaving strangely because people are kind of losing their mind right now. <laughs> and 
you're going to find that people are crazy right now and they can't make up their minds and they keep changing direction and they, they tell you one thing and then they turn around and they tell you another thing and that's Uranus for sure. But I learned a long time ago studying with Michael Luton that, um, you know, we all have a certain level of um, unconscious, you know, under the surface, you know, fear of endings. And that's a nice way of saying it, fear of endings. <laughs> and when things end like this, we do tend to hold on and resist and we can't do that right now. We have to just be open. And the best thing to do right now is be open because you don't want to sit there holding on for dear life with your fingers, you know, on the edge of the building. You don't want to do that. This is, you know, a time to sort of celebrate moving into something new and get excited about it. Uranus is going to figure prominently over these next few months, especially when it gets involved with Mars, because the day after Uranus goes into Taurus, Mars will go into Aquarius, which is a square. And that's going to be some very exciting, but also volatile energy. Um, Uranus is in going into a fixed sign. It went from um, a sign that is fiery and pushy and uh, cardinal, meaning the initiators, to something that is earthy, slow, grounded, and fixed. And this is going to be a big change. This is like slow it all down. And Taurus is a very stubborn energy. And um, we can work with it. Um, we need to remember to not be stubborn because Uranus is going to shake that stubbornness up. So wherever you've been stubborn in your life, wherever you don't want to change, and wherever you're trying to dig in your heels, Uranus is going to come in and probably slap that around a little bit. So I advise you to let it wake you up because Uranus is the great awakener. And Uranus also, I mean, when I've had experiences with Uranus and talked to clients and people with Uranus traveling through their sign for those years, I find that it brings everyone back to themselves. So if you're a Taurus and maybe you're a young Taurus and you're having some difficulty deciding what you want to do with your life and your career, et cetera. This is actually a really good medicine for that because Uranus, once it goes in your sign, if it's your own sign, it really brings you back to yourself. It brings you back to the truth. It strips away the artifice. It strips away the layers of who you think you are and shows you who you really are. And it might take a certain amount of unraveling for that, but it's exciting because Uranus can really open doors for you. Uranus is exciting energy. It's opportunities. Um, it can be chaotic though. And you have to learn how to work with and move this energy and, and ride the wave because it's not, it's not going to stay still. And Tauruses love to stay still and they don't like change. And so, you know, Uranus is going to force them to change. So this is going to be a very exciting time and we should look forward to it and be open to it. And when May 15th comes around, just be aware 
of the shift and be aware of what you feel and what's different. Notice things ending in these next few weeks. Notice where doors are closing. Notice where you're tired of something, where it doesn't work for you anymore, where things need to move on because that's the nature of, of an outer planet changing signs. When an outer planet goes into a new sign, we notice the darkness right away. The first steps of an outer planet in a sign are usually bringing up all the debris. And then once it gets moving in there, which is like I said, next spring, Uranus will really start moving through Taurus. We then can really see what its job is going to be. So this is going to be a very interesting journey because Uranus is always full of surprises. What other things are going on this week? Um, we don't have a lot of long void moons because we are having Uranus at the end of a sign. So that means when if you have a handy void moon uh, calendar, you can find out um, when the moon is void. And I highly recommend getting one because it tells you when to not start projects. Um, but anyway, when you have uh, a planet at the end of a sign, that means that the moon does make aspects with it. And whenever there are planets at the end of a sign, there's movement till the very end of the cycle with the moon. The moon only goes void when it doesn't talk to the other planets. So the good news is that there's not a lot of void. There's a lot of time to do things. And we have a, a good amount of energy available to us right now. Um, and I guess for now, that's just about it. The most important things are these outer planet movements. It's the most important thing is being aware of Uranus getting ready to, to zip out of Aries and into Taurus. And be aware of this Mars energy with Pluto and use it wisely. Um, again, immerse yourself in something profound. And just trust the universe on this. Thank you for listening and we shall meet again in another week. If you have any questions, my website is debmcbride.com. My email is deb at debmcbride.com. And my Twitter and Instagram are both at debastrology. So you can see me on either one of those mediums. And on Instagram, I actually do one-minute astrology videos telling you about the aspects of the moment. So they're quick, they're fun, they're informative, they help you get through the day. So check it out, have a look, and have fun. Thanks so much. Have a good week.